You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironrun. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. Get to all you need to know for the Week 9 Sunday and Monday games. Pick straight up picks against the spread, as well as my decider column there that uh, gives you the start-sit advice for the remaining games of Week number 9. We had our first game, the... Packers beating the 49ers 34-17 to open the week on Thursday Night Football. We'll break down that game for you here to close the week on Lineup Friday. It's Lineup Friday. That also means we're looking at the best values on the main slate across positions. Guys you want to target, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and of course defense is there to put in your DFS lineup so that you're playing cash games or tournaments this week. And we'll also close the show and the week with our injury updates as we always do taking you into a what we know about who's playing and who's not playing here for Sunday and Monday all right before we uh, do all that I got to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Pepsi this football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season Pepsi's refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passion fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Alright, let's uh, break down our first game, result of week number 9. We know what is happening with the 49ers, a whole bunch of injury issues were happening with this team. For sure, and we know on the COVID-19 list, we had Debo Samuel was already missing the game with the hamstring, then Brandon Ayuk missed the game, Kendrick Bourne was out, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, they were down uh, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Jeff Wilson Jr. in the backfield, so what did we have? We had Nick Mullins starting another game, 291-1 and for him, so... He got a few big plays, but otherwise he looked pretty bad. Richie James is the real story here. He was the top receiver in the game with 184 yards and a touchdown. He had a duel with Devontae Adams. It was basically the James-Adams kind of a battle here. Nine for 184 and a touchdown on 13 targets for James. Ridiculous game here. He had only eyes for James Mullins for most of the game. He threw to River Craycraft in the end zone, but he didn't score. He had... uh, Jordan Reed, Ross Dwelly, Dwelly and Reed were not doing much until Dwelly, the healthier tight end who played more of the snaps here in the game, caught a long 36-yard pass to have a decent day if you're replacing George Kittle 3 for 52. So he's the only person who did anything of note other than James, a surprise game. He was also questionable coming into the game. So James goes off. Dwelly, again, they were very careful about Reed, giving him particularly limited snaps here in the game. They did give him some good opportunities in the red zone, but it just didn't come to fruition there where they threw to him and could connect there and score as James was too dominant in this game all over the field. Didn't give a chance for the other 49ers here to help Nick Mullins. Now, in the backfield, Jerk McKinnon won that battle. Jermichael Hasty, people were looking about at him, but he ends up with only six touches for 13 yards in this game. Well, Jerk McKinnon, tired legs and all, 
He gets the 15 touches for 68 yards and the final TD there in the waning seconds to really uh, punch home his value as an RB2. So we like McKinnon and Hasty. We didn't know who was going to be the hot hand here. That's the trouble of the 49ers that can change from week to week. McKinnon has been rather quiet in recent weeks, but out of necessity without all those other guys available, McKinnon gets fired up here again, and they uh, get dwindling with the undrafted rookie, Jamichael Hasty. So weird game for the 49ers. If you played McKinnon, you were thrilled. If you took a flyer on James and DFS, you were thrilled. If you thought he was going to be the wide receiver of choice, and that certainly happened here as he replaced Samuel and Ayuk as the go-to guy in this offense. Now, on the other side of things, Aaron Rodgers, ho-hum, 305 yards, four TDs. He owned this 49er secondary, which seemed to have major problems covering Adams. I didn't understand Emmanuel Mosley always stuck on Devontae Adams. We have Jason Verrett on the other side. 10 for 173, as I mentioned, on 12 targets and a TD for Adams. They could not cover Adams. They also could not cover Marquez Valdez-Scantling now. Tough guy, of course, to play. He only caught two passes. They were both for touchdowns, 53 yards on four targets. So it was basically Adams over and over again. A little bit of Tyler Irvin in the passing game, four catches for 48 here. What was frustrating was that the Packers played Aaron Jones with the calf injury. They activated him. They teased at giving him a limited role. What does he do? He gets 20 touches. So much for a limited role, but that kind of curbed him for 79 yards, and that also hurt... Irvin's value filling in here where he had 12 touches for 72 yards and the game script also didn't help because once they had the big lead they didn't have to force Jones in there too much Dexter Williams got hurt in the game so that might have seen less for Jones there but that had to be frustrating at least in PPR you got the five receptions from Jones if you played Irvin thinking Jones was out you weren't also too bad in PPR but no touchdowns from either when uh, they ran away with this game here with Adams and Valdez-Scantling. Unfortunately, the other touchdown did not go to one of the tight ends there. Didn't like Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. They combined for two catches for six yards while Mercedes Lewis scored the touchdown. So very frustrating there. But when Adams and Marcus Valdez-Scantling are having little resistance and they're throwing the balls to the back, there's no reason that they need the tight end to do anything. And that's what happened this game. So weird game, frustrating game if you started tight ends for sure. In fantasy, if you started running backs... Unless you had McKinnon, it was a little bit disappointing as well. So, weird game. We'll chalk it up. Uh, hopefully better results here coming for the weekend games of week number nine. All right. Let's transition from this game and start looking at the quarterbacks that we want to target here. Let's first look at the upper tier here. Now, you have to pay a lot for a lot of these quarterbacks. I think Deshaun Watson is the one who stands out. Because if I don't want to pay up for Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, or Russell Wilson on either site, FanDuel or DraftKings, I look at Deshaun Watson. He's 7,100. Great matchup against the Jaguars on the road. 7,100 DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. So that's where I start. Josh Allen is certainly tempting at the same price point. He's uh, right behind Watson, basically $100 less on each site. 7,000 on DraftKings and 8,200 on FanDuel. I think a lot of people are going to go look at that Seahawks matchup and be on Josh Allen. Uh, Watson had a bye last week, so people might be off. So I am leaning a little bit more towards Watson because he played well before the break. The Jaguars' defense, the matchup is a little bit better. Seattle could actually come to play in that game and thwart Allen a little bit more. So uh, if I'm feeling better, whether cash games or tournaments, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson' potential big game this week. And he's also good value when you think about it, you have to pay up for Justin Herbert as well. Because Herbert is 6,800. 
here at 7900 So they're pricing him uh, pretty high on both sites here. More appropriate to what his level is. And uh, again, if I'm going to pay up a little bit, I want to go a little bit more to where I'm really feeling comfortable. I like Watson's running upside as well versus uh, Herbert. And Allen, Allen hasn't done a lot of running here of late. I know the Seahawks gave up quite a bit to Kyler Murray, but again, I just look at who's playing well of all these three, and I think I trust Watson more than Allen and Herbert. Herbert being a rookie with some volatility because of the interceptions, Allen not playing well of late. Now, if we go a little deeper, I have to say a guy that I really like this week is Drew Locke. Drew Locke is only 5,200 in DraftKings. He's cheaper than Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen and Tua Tagovailoa. So Drew Locke is locked in for sure. He's priced more properly on FanDuel, I'll have to say. He's not that cheap there. He's at 7,200, so only $700 less than Herbert. Where you look at the disparity on DraftKings with Herbert and Locke, it's 6,800 and 5200 so $1,600 difference. So Drew Locke, a lot more appealing this week on DraftKings if I'm going bargain. If I'm going more bargain, looking for someone on FanDuel, I look at Derek Carr at 7000 there for sure. Against that Chargers secondary, not good anymore. They might have no Joey Bosa in this game. We talked about that. Well, we feel more comfortable with Derek Carr. Now Carr is 5700 at DraftKings, so $500 more still than Drew Locke there. But when you look at... FanDuel is at 7000 so more appropriately priced. He's actually the same price as Gardner Minshew, who's not playing this week. So, yeah, of all the cheap options there, so pretty simple lock on DraftKings, car on FanDuel when we look at the values this week. Where else would we go? Are we going to look at Jake Luton? Perhaps, if you're just looking for a little bit of a bargain play. I mean, they do have good weapons. Texans secondary is not that good, so... For DFS purposes, you could look at Luton. You're probably not thinking about it at all, but he's so cheap here. 4900 on DraftKings. He's basically ahead of Mike Glennon, his backup, and Dwayne Haskins, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's how low you can get, and you can get some value. I think the Texans secondary is bad enough. It could be a James Robinson game, but game script could also lead to Luton surprising and being productive in this game. So I... You can go to the bargain basement there, but again, I'm more interested if I'm going to pay up, go for Watson over Allen and Herbert, and then uh, those values for Locke and Carr this week. All right, so we still have to uh, break down here uh, the other positions, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses here on DFS uh, main slate action for week number nine. We'll do that. We also have to give you the injury updates you need to know, but before... We do that, i got to tell you more about Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Now, for me, I used to go in the office. Sometimes I would go into sports bars, kind of set up with my laptop, take it all in for my two jobs here, NFL and fantasy football. But now I'm at home, and I need something by my side here to drink and uh, keep me cool and going throughout the day. And Pepsi is what I turn to. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Like me, these passion fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We'll be right back here to look at uh, the running backs and wide receivers and tight ends and defenses you want to look at for DFS in week number nine.
All right, let's continue the show. We talked about Thursday night football. We talked about the quarterbacks. Now let's turn to our our targets here for DFS across price points at running back. Now, Dalvin Cook is obviously going to be a big target here coming off the big game. Everyone's going to chase him. 8,200 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, he certainly could have big return. I don't think he's going to have Packers-like return against the Lions, but the Lions stink. They just gave a monstrous game here to the Colts and their backfield. And think about Cook dominating touches, so there might be some trickle-down even for Alexander Madison. But yeah, I think you can certainly pay up for Cook. Christian McCaffrey, people will be excited to maybe pay up for him. But I'm still thinking about Cook. Lightning can strike twice. I don't think it's going to be as big, but I like the matchup there. I do like James Conner a little bit cheaper at 6900 on DraftKings, 8200 on FanDuel again. But I don't. if I'm going to go high-end here, I'm definitely taking Dalvin Cook over Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. If I want to go to a little bit lower tier, James Conner is the guy, and I can save a few uh, hundred bucks there in that drop-off uh, quite a bit. It's uh, more than a 1000 there, so... That's uh, definitely a pivot you can make this week there. If you want some value, maybe you want to get both these guys in and look for bargains elsewhere. I did mention James Robinson. This Texans run defense is pretty bad. They're having some linebacker issues as well due to COVID-19. So they're going to lean on Robinson quite a bit. And we've seen Robinson is not dependent on the game script. They're going to get him the ball no matter what. This is what they want to do here. He's a little expensive on DraftKings at 7000 I like the bargain, 7300 on FanDuel. So certainly Robinson is a big target for me on FanDuel this week, especially with Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson banged up here all of a sudden that we're going to uh, monitor those key injuries. Uh, people might be off Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because of the disappointing game against the Jets. Not sure about Le'Veon Bell's role, but the Panthers' run defense is atrocious. So I think... He comes into play a little bit more in DraftKings at 6100 He is almost as much as Robinson, $300 less on FanDuel. So Edwards Hilaire is where I would go on DraftKings, looking at a high-end uh, potential RB1, and Robinson is where I'm going on FanDuel. Now, let's look elsewhere here with uh, getting a little bit more bargain territory. And I think you have to look at Justin Jackson at 5900 there. On FanDuel, he's at 4,900 DraftKings. He's going to get the majority of the touches. Tremaine Pope has a concussion, so we'll see if he plays. We know uh, Joshua Kelly is uh, fading a little bit as they don't trust the rookies much. So good opportunity here to get going. The Raiders' run defense is pretty bad. And again, these numbers are pretty good there. You also look at David Montgomery here. He's the same price on FanDuel as Justin Jackson at 5900 so I like that pricing for him. It's a good matchup. The Titans' run defense is weaker than you think. You have to pay up, however, to get him on DraftKings at 5700 In relation to the rest of the field, not as good of value, but certainly on FanDuel looking at there that you have a chance there. So if, if you're going with a, a guy on DraftKings, I think it's Jackson. If you go guy on FanDuel, I think it's David Montgomery at that bargain uh, price point. This week, but yeah, I really like uh, Cook and Robinson to build off the big games they just had in their most previous games and doing that, and also really taking a look at uh, the best matchups across the board. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire is one of those as well this week. Now, let's turn our attention to wide receiver and the targets we're looking at on DFS. Well, 
Let's start on DraftKings here. A lot of injuries and issues we're navigating a little bit. Some tough matchups for some of our top corners. I think Stefan Diggs is a great top-tier target this week. 7,400 on DraftKings here. I liked that the secondary of the Seahawks is struggling. They're giving up the most points. Shaquille Griffin could miss another game. 7,600. He took full advantage of the game without Stefan Gilmore last week as a high-target guy. So you can do an Allen Diggs stack this week. I think that's a good way to go. But I'm also fine playing Diggs independently and finding a different type of stack involving Deshaun Watson. That guy would be Kyle or Will Fuller, as I'm looking at it, 6,800 there and making some big plays. He might be a little bit motivated that he wasn't uh, traded and there was talk about him being traded, but he stays put. The Texans have faith in him. They wanted to have him... Uh, Playing in there, they're off a bye, so he should be fully healthy, good to go, full speed here. So I'm more inclined to go to a Watson Fuller stack, but I also want to get Diggs to have some part of that game in the passing game in my lineup for the Bills, which should be pretty high volume there. Now, you got some secondary uh, concerns here for DK Metcalf. Could see a bit of Chew Davis White, so he could cool down here. So Diggs is where I want to go on that part of the shootout, and Will Fuller definitely is very appealing here this week now where else do we go here i mean you have to consider where we were looking at with the best matchups in the passing game i think you could take a chance on one of the steelers guys it's really hard to navigate here to know who's going to be the one that does the damage here but juju smith schuster 6200 chase claypool 5700 those are their DraftKings value deontay johnson you could look at even cheaper but i think it's going to be smith schuster claypool having one of the bigger games this week when you look at uh, DraftKings there, Juju Smith-Schuster, 6,500 on Fando Chase Claypool, 6,300 there. So I think you're taking chances a little bit more, not as clear cut here. So I think more of a tournament play than a cash game play because we don't know which Steelers uh, wide receiver is going to go off in a certain week and they have a little bit more volatility there with everyone else. Now, cash games and tournaments, I'm looking at Marvin Jones, 5,100 there. We have to just make sure that... Uh, Matthew Stafford is going to be cleared to play from COVID. Even if it's Chase Daniel, you figure high volume has to go to Jones with no Kenny Galladay this week. He's a great matchup on the outside. The Vikings secondary really strengths. Holton Hill might miss another game here for them. Who's their best worst corner, if that makes sense. They just don't have a lot on the outside. So Marvin Jones has been hot of late. He's a streaky player. 5,100 on DraftKings, 6,100 there on FanDuel. Now, how low can we go for a, a value this week? To me, the guy that stands out is Jerry Judy for sure. The matchup against the Falcons is pretty sweet. Look at his price point. It's 4700 He's in between Nelson Aguilar and Sammy Watkins there on DraftKings. So that's as good as it gets here. It's a guy that I want to put in as many lineups as possible. The matchup is outstanding. He's being warmed up. The two tight ends are helping him. Tim Patrick could also return to help some... Uh, Value here, and sort of why we like Locke. So Locke Judy stack is someone you can look at as well this week. And uh, yeah, it's he hasn't done too much. He's looking for that big breakout game in his rookie year, but it's coming, I think. He's getting that volume. He's, he's versatility well. He's had uh, some quarterback issues. He's had to adjust with no Cortland Sutton. So a few things have uh, worked in progress here, but Locke's game from last week really inspires confidence. So 4,700 DraftKings, 5,700 FanDuel, a great target for you this week all right turning to our tight ends that we want to target this has just been a really tough position to go after i mean travis kelsey 
you can pay up for him, but the Panthers have actually been pretty good against the tight end. We thought there was a potential that Jeremy Chin could miss the game, but looks like he's going to go here. The outstanding rookie safety versatile player can help in coverage. So I don't think it's a Kelsey game. I think it's more deep shots off the running game, Tyreek Hill game. You have a Darren Waller, however, is in a great matchup this week. So if I'm paying up, I'd really like him against the Chargers. 5,800 DraftKings, you save 1,400 from Kelsey. He's only 6,400 there on FanDuel, so you save 1,600 from Kelsey. And I don't want to touch Mark Andrews in between. The Colts are the top defense against the tight end. And again, Andrews is not doing much with the struggle. I think you can also look at TJ Hawkinson if you want to save a little bit more money. $700 cheaper on DraftKings at 5,100 from Waller. He's only 400 cheaper there. So Waller more inclined to go on FanDuel and Hawkinson more on DraftKings this week. Noah Fant also has a great matchup there. He's at 4,600 on DraftKings, so you can get him even cheaper than the rest. I think he's due for a breakout game. The big development is he wasn't even on the injury practice report here with an ankle, that he's fully healed here. They need to unleash this guy, and this is a great matchup to do it in. He hasn't really done much since the first couple weeks of season, but part of it was the injury. I think he gets it done here. Falcons, again, middle of the field with Fan and Judy are going to be really tough. So you can look how you want to break it down. If you want to go Judy, I think certainly you can. If you want Judy and Fan with Drew Locke, I think there's going to be some good ownership there with the Broncos principles, but maybe not because they're just fluky and hit or miss a little bit. But in tournament settings, I think I'm more comfortable with the Broncos because they have a little bit of volatility. It's not nothing, but the matchup is just too good to ignore this week against the Falcons. Now, one more player I look at is Eric Ebron. He's a little expensive on DraftKings in relation to a lot of the other guys I'm talking about, Waller, Hawkinson, and Fant at 4500 On FanDuel, however, he's down near the Jimmy Graham, Evan Ingram territory, 5400 So right in between Ingram at 5500 and Graham at 53 Eric Ebron, the Cowboys cannot cover the tight end at all here. And middle of the field. So that's why I kind of lean towards more Juju Smith-Schuster and Ebron being the bigger factors for Big Ben and the Steelers as they have a walk-through easy game, build a big lead, and uh, hand it off to Connor for much of the second half here against the Cowboys in Dallas. Now let's finally look at uh, the defenses and special teams that have uh, some value. I mean, if you're going to pay up a little bit, you can look at the Washington football team. A lot of people are going to go after the Steelers at 4900 on DraftKings. But for $1,500 less, to give you some flexibility to other positions, you can get the Washington football team against the turnover machine of Daniel Jones at 3400 So that's the where I would look if I'm going to close to the top of the market here. Washington football team is priced better, however, on FanDuel, only 300 cheaper than the Steelers, 5000 and Washington football team at 50 at 4700 there so that kind of buzzes them there but i do like the value there that you save quite a bit on DraftKings and take advantage of that now how low could you go this week i am also targeting the cardinals 2900 now two attack vola had a rough first game there i think it could be even rougher on the road here because i think there's going to be more passing dropbacks there's going to be more on him this week by the numbers it says the dolphins did not give up a lot but that was a lot with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They did give up double digits even by blowing out the Rams last week because a lot of their damage was done on defense and special teams, and the offense uh, struggled with, with the fumble, strip sack early, didn't get a lot of done here. So the Cardinals, they're really good value here this week. 2900 on 
DraftKings and 4300 on FanDuel. All right, so there's a look at uh, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses to look at it. The main slate, DraftKings, FanDuel, to target in your DFS lineups all across the price points. We still have to get to the last important piece of business to close this week of Lockdown Fantasy Football. That's our injury reports, but make sure you're checking out the two great sister shows here, Lockdown NFL and Peacock and Williamson. They're going to give you the insight you need to know going into the weekend with Lockdown NFL. Ross Jackson, Cody Rourke, a revolving a great group of hosts and guests there to break down all aspects of the games ahead, as well as the Peacock and Williamson Hosted by Brian Peacock, featuring the inside of former NFL and college scout Matt Williamson. So check those shows out. Locked on NFL, Peacock and Williamson here on the Locked On Network. We'll close the show here looking at some injury updates you need to know going into week number nine's Sunday and Monday games. All right, uh, let's uh, dive into the practice reports as we know them. Teddy Bridgewater will start at quarterback. He's going to play through his neck injury against the Chiefs. Not recommended. The Chiefs' pass defense is pretty good. You have uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Not going to be available behind a Nick Foles. So it's the Nick Foles show all the way against the Titans. Titans' defense could be a little improved, motivated this week. But I actually like the Bears to win that game. And Nick Foles has a decent matchup if you need him as a streamer. Andy Dalton's not going to play for the Cowboys. The concussion's not the issue, but it's COVID-19 list. So you have Cooper Rush in line to start against the Steelers. On Sunday afternoon, you got Matthew Stafford. We're going to watch him. He's so far so good with the isolation and all that. He could be back in the lineup, or it's going to be Chase Daniel starting against the Vikings this week. Josh Allen has a left shoulder injury, but he'll play through it again. Mark Gardner Minshew is not going to play with that right thumb injury. He's out. Jake Luton, as we mentioned, starting. Justin Herbert popped up with a right shoulder ailment here on Thursday, but he's fine. Still practicing in full. Drew Brees dealing with a right shoulder issue. He's going to play, been limited, being careful with him in practice, but that arm uh, already a little limited this year with his uh, air yards and all that stuff. Sam Darnold, right shoulder, could miss the game. They're hopeful that he plays, so a little bit of aggravation there on the injury that has kept him out. We'll see if he goes against the Patriots. Uh, Adam Gaze says for now, if you believe Adam Gaze, that he's uh, fine and good to go. At running back, Kenny Drake is not going to play with the ankle injury. It's Chase Edmonds' season here against the Dolphins. You get high volume here. Got the receiving work, but also will now see the red zone work for the most part. Maybe a little Eno Benjamin, the rookie, as well. Mark Ingram probably not playing again. So Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, more of a streamlined committee there. Even a tough matchup with the Colts. They both have appeal. Ezekiel Elliott is dealing with a hamstring, but he should be good to go. Limited play through that here against the Steelers. Phil Lindsay is a... Going to play here. We'll see what his role is with Melvin Gordon against the Falcons. Jonathan Taylor had an ankle injury. Jordan Wilkins had a growing injury. Both look like they're going to play a hot hand approach. Do you trust either against the Ravens? That's a hard call here in week number nine. Josh Jacobs seemed okay with the knee injury. Then an illness popped up. He's downgraded. I still be optimistic he's playing, but there's a chance he's not because they're thinking about activating Theo Riddick here behind uh, Devontae Booker and Jalen Richard. So something we're going to watch here with this uh, situation with Josh Jacobs going into Friday in the final designation. You have uh, Justin Jackson going to keep playing through the knee injury. As I mentioned, Tremaine Pope, who emerged over Joshua Kelly a little bit last week, has a concussion, so maybe more volume for Jackson. Miles Gaskin not playing for the Dolphins. Matt Breida probably not playing for the Dolphins as well with a hamstring. Uh, Gaskin's got the knee. He's on IR for a while. Patrick Laird 
he is available. He had an ankle issue pop up, but he's uh, practicing here. So it could be a Patrick Laird, Jordan Howard committee. I don't know how I feel about that on the road against the Cardinals. Another reason I like the Cardinals defense this week as a one-dimensional Tua. They can tee off on him. Damian Harris has had an ankle injury. Uh, Sonny Michelle is on his way back as well. We'll see what if he's activated here for Monday. That's a little iffy, but I do like Damian Harris this week. He has been the best power back for the Patriots, and they should run all over the Jets. Alvin Kamara had a foot issue, but he's going to be good to go against the uh, Buccaneers. Devonta Freeman may be returning for the Giants. We'll see how that messes things up with Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis against Washington. We'll monitor that situation. Frank Gore, probably going to get the key touches again, playing against the Patriots, but we need to see more. Low Michael Pirine, hand injury, going to play through that. Doesn't look good for Chris Carson with the foot, Carlos Hyde with the hamstring. More of DJ Dallas time here in Buffalo for sure in that game. Now we turn to wide receiver, make plans without Calvin Ridley, that foot injury. It's the same one, very similar to what Chris Carson has, so definitely uh, looks like he's going to miss a game. They have a bye week next week. Russell Gage should play through shoulder knee injury and help fill in here. What you'll see is a little bit more of Christian Blake in the lineup as well and more throws to Hayden Hurst this week. John Brown is good to go with the full practice. We'll see what his role is against the Seahawks. Anthony Miller should be fine with the toe injury. Tim Patrick could return with a hamstring for the Broncos this week against the Falcons. Kenny Galladay is not going to be playing against the Vikings, so more of Marvin Jones, more of TJ Hawkinson, a little bit more of Danny Amendola and Marvin Hall this week in that game. Randall Cobb is going to play through his illness, we think, against the Jaguars. T.Y. Hilton, don't count on him. You weren't anyway with a growing injury. He's probably going to miss a game. Then uh, they had Marcus Johnson on the shelf. So could see a lot more Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman this week, but we can't really trust either of those guys. Sammy Watkins has a chance to return with his hamstring injury against the Panthers. Brian Edwards looks like he could be an impact player for the Raiders. It's going to hurt their pecking order a little bit with Henry Ruggs III. Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Renfro. We'll see how that plays out. Adam Thielen playing through shoulder injury, but great matchup against the Lions. He's in your lineup. Nikhil Harry still needs to practice to be clear for the Jets, so you can't count on him. Michael Thomas, we'll see. It's always been a tease here with Thomas, but hopefully he can go this week here with the ankle and hamstring. If not, you will see more Marquez Callaway, who will play return from his ankle injury. Emmanuel Sanders is going to return from the COVID-19 list as well. We look at a Sterling Shepard. He's going to play through the shoulder and toe injury. Tough matchup with Washington. The Golden Tate had a little bit of a massaging need to be done by the coaching staff after he was on the training block, but he's going to be fine and going to play it's Washington. Can't trust Tate, really, and Shepard much of all in this matchup. Jameson Crowder looks like he's going to miss another game against the Patriots here, unless he gets an upgrade on before Monday's game. Brashad Perryman has a concussion, and he's limited, so he could be cleared to return this week, but I don't really trust Perryman especially, but Crowder, because of the volume you can, but you could be a lot more Braxton Berrios, the former Patriot, against them on Monday night. Now, Seahawks uh, being careful, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but David Moore now has multiple injuries, ankle and back, so the third receiver could be missing this game, so maybe it hurts Russell Wilson just a tad this one. Chris Godwin should return from his injury, we'll see. He just has to catch football, feel good about it with his finger, but everything's been pointing to him playing again against the Saints. Scotty Miller is going to play, but now he's demoted to the Fourth receiver behind Antonio Brown making his debut in that game. A.J. Brown has an issue, but they've managed him here, and he should be good to go for the Titans, but really tough matchup against Chicago for him. and Corey Davis, Adam Humphrey is probably not going to play with a concussion injury. Dontrell Inman now in danger of missing the Giants with a hamstring injury. Isaiah Wright is also banged up, so very good situation here 
for Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson to dominate. Targets as well, a little bit of Logan Thomas. A tight end, uh, Dawson Knox could return. He's been on the COVID list, has had a calf injury, but maybe in the mix against the Seahawks there to maybe do some damage. But we'll see. We have to wait and see if he can be a factor in this tight end landscape. Jimmy Graham going to play through Neem Hanstrom injury against the Titans. Cole Komet could miss the game there, so maybe a little bump for Graham this week. Nick Vanette, we'll see about him in the foot, but it's definitely the Noah Fant and Albert O show for the Broncos at the Falcons. TJ Hawkins going to play through the toe injury. Jordan Aikens probably going to return, split that work with uh, Darren Fells here. Had an ankle and concussion. Jaguars matchup is pretty decent, but the split really is concerning there. Mo Cox may not play with the knee issue. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Trey Burton is going to play. So tough to navigate that committee with Ali Cox, Burton, and Jack Doyle. But maybe a little bit more run with the wide receiver injuries this week. Adam Shaheen is going to play with the shoulder injury against the Cardinals. Uh, you're not trusting these guys, but Ryan Izzo, hamstring Don Keene, and the knee are kind of hurting here. And Matt Aziazi, by the way, is on or Devin Aziazi is on the shelf here. So when you look at it, uh, there's nothing there with the tight ends. The Patriots, uh, you have Greg Olson missing a couple practices here in a row, so maybe more Will Disley getting some run against the Bills. Logan Thomas had a ankle injury, but he's good to go here, a potential streamer against the Giants this week. And Sam Ficken, not that you're going to trust a Patriots or kicker against the Patriots, but the Jets' kicker should return this week. So there you have it. There's a look at all the injury updates you need to know going in uh, based on what we've seen in the practice sports. We'll get the final designations there, so check that out. The inactives, all that uh, game day decision stuff, make sure you're checking out Sunday. Good luck to you in all your games this week uh, in fantasy football, whether it's season-long or DFS. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. This has been Vinny Iyer.